All right, guys, it's about that time. Chris Brooks here with you on another edition of the Rebels 247 podcast. Part of the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels. Hope you guys are having a good morning. I hope you are. You should be. It's Thursday. Thursday's a good day. Friday's a big day. Okay, I get it. Friday is the day. But Thursday's not bad. I mean, you got past hump day. You have to work, unfortunately. I mean, Thursday's still a work day. You have to get some work done today so you can enjoy Friday and Saturday. And let's be honest, you'll get some work done Friday, but how much? You'll be thinking about the game. You'll be distracted. Hey, how do we get out of town to head to the game? What are we eating tonight? I, you'll be distracted. So you better make the most of today. Get something done out of you, out of your Thursday. And it's also national, what is today? I mean, it's national um, nothing day. There's nothing. Like there's really nothing. There's a school picture day thing here. So we can't celebrate that. All right, here we go. A couple of things that I want to knock out today. First, I want to do some recruiting news. Just making a few calls and and seeing a, a few games, more than a few games. You know, I try to be everywhere this time of year. And by this time of year, let me see, how many games have I photographed already? We're in week three of the high school football season. Now, keep in mind, you know, Jamboree's um, early in the year, so I might see more games on a Friday night doing that. You, you can go somewhere and there'll be five different matchups. You know, that's happening all day on a Saturday. But now as we head into week four, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. I've had a chance to see 17, 16. I've seen bits of 16 games. And out of the top 20 kids in Mississippi for this year, I've already seen 11 of them. Gotten some photos, gotten pictures, um, some video of those guys. It's important. I think it's important that I see them. It's different in person. And not that you can't evaluate off of tape, you can, but there's a reason that coaches want to see kids in a camp. I mean, it's different if you're there. And for me, it's a, it's a little bit extra on top of that because I have a camera. So I'm out there with those kids, and it helps me for two things. For one, I've got to get out of the camera every once in a while and just watch a play. Yeah, it's, it's different evaluating somebody through that lens and just watching the game. So I'll make a point to just watch a little bit and then I'll go back, and then the camera gives me a different vantage point, much closer, can see what's happening. And then afterwards, I can go back. And this not to sound creepy, because this could sound creepy. But whenever you go back after the game, some of those kids just physically, they, they pop. And in, in that setting, when you're, you're active, and you, you know you've seen the pictures of athletes, like, you know, there's muscles there you didn't know you had. They just start popping out, or veins going on everywhere. You know, a kid like like Aiden Williams, after I shot his game early this year, go back through the photos, and I'm cropping stuff to put up a photo gallery, he's noticeably in better shape than last year. Um, and there's there's several other kids that I could do that with. I had a chance to see Jeremy Scott this weekend. And physically, that that's a very good-looking kid. So anyway, I try to get out and see as many of those as I can. So we'll get into some rec- recruiting here in just a minute. I want to knock this out for just a few minutes. Um, we'll preview the game tomorrow. 
Okay, so we'll get into Central Arkansas and what I expect is going to happen, what I hear is going to happen, or as much as I hear is going to happen. I don't think anybody really knows. Because if you talk to people inside and around the football program, Lane very much does what he wants to do. You know, some coaches, they're constantly bouncing ideas off of everybody. And not that he doesn't, but some do it almost looking for the answer or looking for someone to kind of say what to do. You know, that's I've heard of that happening before with staffs. And this is this is different. Lane's different. Very confident guy. He's a very decisive guy. Makes decisions. Takes input and in all of those things. But I think oftentimes he doesn't necessarily tell everybody what he's thinking when he's thinking it. Observes, evaluates, and when it's time to make a decision, make a decision, but doesn't necessarily just tell everybody everything. And I think that's a good thing. Uh, but I'll I'll get into it tomorrow kind of what I think will go this weekend. SEC power rankings. I checked that out um, this morning. I have not looked at this story yet. This is a, this is with 247 Sports. This is us. Brad Crawford does this every week. And I just wanted to see what he had in terms of SEC power rankings and where he is compared to where I am. He has LSU 14. So really, if, if Ole Miss is low here, have no idea. He has LSU 14. Yeah, we've talked about that game. That's still, can't believe that. Missouri 13, Vandy 12, Auburn 11. Okay, so far, those are the teams I'd have near the bottom. South Carolina at 10. I'm, yeah, unimpressive against Georgia State. Picked up the win, but yeah, okay, I'm good. Okay, has Ole Miss at 9. I'll give you an opinion on that in a minute. Beat Troy 28 to 10. I'll go into that in a minute. Mississippi State at 8. Kentucky at 7. Tennessee at 6. Arkansas rolls in at 5. Florida at four, they beat Utah, and that's deserving. Texas A&M, three, Alabama, two, Georgia, one. Working backwards here, Georgia looked dominant. Uh, they can they have a roster where they can just roll the ball out there. And congratulations to Kirby Smart. Like, they, they've been doing – these top programs that have gotten to this level, they've been doing NIL, NIL well for a while. And uh, that roster is stacked. And hey, God bless them for it. Kirby has given Georgia their, their money's worth and then some. Um, but I know a couple of people actually that are pretty close to him. And I, I think Guy's a legit good dude. I think he's very good at what he does. But yeah, they look like they could be the number one team in the SEC. With all due respect to Bama, the only pushback I would give against Georgia is uh, I do think this Bama team is special. They brought back a lot, including their quarterback, and they brought in some transfer studs. That matchup will be epic. Uh, I would probably go 1A and 1B at this point. They're close. Without a doubt, the two best teams in the country. A&M, three, uh, I'll have to see more of that. They beat Sam Houston State, but this isn't Jimbo of National Championship Florida State days. He hasn't been that for a lot of years. And he'll have to resemble that and look somewhat like that again before I'll go in on them. So I don't like that at three. I like what Florida did. Now, I liked what Arkansas did. Cincinnati is not a bad team. And, you know, I saw some comments on the board that they're trash. Look, that is not a trash team. You saw what they did last year. Of course, it's not an SEC schedule. But still, that is a solid football team. That is a good non-conference opponent. 
You take last year's team in the SEC, and what are they? Like an eight and four team? Yeah, probably, but it's a good team. S- eight and four SEC teams are good football teams. And Arkansas wins that one. That's a good win. So, yeah, they're okay. I don't like Tennessee up here just because I don't like Tennessee up here. They're similar to A&M. They'll have to do it first for me to be in with them. Kentucky, I'm okay with them here. You could interchange Kentucky. I don't like Tennessee ahead of the next three. You could go Kentucky State and Ole Miss for these three spots and it not matter who. I would have them six, seven, and eight. I thought Mississippi State looked really good, their opener, for what it's worth. I think Will Rogers now in, what, year three? I think that's a very good quarterback. You know, he gets a lot of grief for some reason, sometimes from his own fans about his arm, but it's more than adequate. I'm I'm a big fan. Like, that's a coach's kid, tough kid, knows what he's doing. He'll have a big year. And overall, State looked better than I anticipated out of the gate. So we'll see if they can build off that and uh, where they go from here. I would have them slightly ahead of Ole Miss right now. I'd have them back-to-back. I liked everything about Ole Miss top-to-bottom roster. That was a little better than I anticipated. But at the quarterback spot, I'm going to have to see it first. And to be fair to Jackson Dart, when I went back and watched the game, and I've seen some clips, um, he was really close to a a big-time game. And Troy is probably better than I was giving them credit. But still, that position, I have to see it first. And maybe over the next couple of weeks, I think Georgia Tech would be a good test there. If we see it against Georgia Tech, then I'll go all in because that roster is really good. Defensively, is a little better than I thought. Offensively, I think top to bottom, a little better than I thought. Similar to where State is. I think State's better than I thought. If Ole Miss at some point over the next couple of weeks gets play from a quarterback where you kind of step back and say, okay, yeah, that guy, um, he can get it done in this league. He'll put up numbers. When that happens, then you start thinking about a nine-win type of season. I can't get there yet until I see it. Because good quarterback play is the difference between nine and ten wins or six and seven wins. Like, huge difference. But when you see it, the rest of that roster is ready. But i got to see it first. So that's your uh, that's your SEC power rankings right now. I would have my six, seven, and eight would be State six, Ole Miss seven, and I'd go Kentucky eight. Then I'd go Tennessee after them. I just uh, just because I want to. I don't want Tennessee ahead of them. And they're talking about a prove it team. They've got to do it first before I put them up there. And I'd probably drop A and M a couple of notches, even though they're talented. Now, in terms of uh, a little recruiting news, yes, I saw the Braxton Meyer stuff. And, uh, yeah, there's stuff there to, to be excited about. I wouldn't get way out there on predicting where he goes. I wouldn't make a proclamation because I can't do it on any of these guys. The only kid I assumed Ole Miss was going to grab and didn't do my homework on was Dante Dowdell earlier when he committed to Oregon. Just from knowing him a little bit and some people around him, how hard Ole Miss was on him, you know, I kind of assume closer to home and – didn't do some homework there. And then he commits to Oregon. Uh, I'm not going to just assume anything at this point. There are positive rumblings with him. I think there's some confidence out there with him. Having said that, in this NL, NL, NIL world that, that we're living in right now, there's no telling where a kid would end up. But let's just go ahead and 
and prognosticate here. Let's say Ole Miss can grab him out of Texas. And, of course, he decommitted this week. You guys saw all that. Let's say he does. If uh, if they're able to reel him in, you're talking about one of the better prospects in the country. I mean, we have him right now with 247 ranked as the number nine safety. Uh, but that kid, is he's, he's talented. That would be a big add to what's already shaping up to be a pretty good class. It will not be ranked high until the very end. So don't be expecting too much the way we do our composite rankings with 247. There's not going to be the numbers on a high school level for that ranking to be high. However, when that class rounds out with these last, let's say, eight to 10 transfers that come, you know, after the season and after that signing day, most of them, most all of them, after December signing day, it'll be just like last year when you saw that ranking jump into the top 20. I think the same thing could happen this year. But so far with the numbers, the quantity might not be there, but it's probably a little more than I was expecting at this point. But the quality is definitely there. But if they can grab a guy like that, and why was I thinking for some reason, am I nuts here? I've been thinking that he also plays wide out, that he could do both, but I could be wrong on that. They already have Aiden Williams in the fold. And uh, you know what I think about that kid? Braxton Myers will be a big one. So we'll see what happens. You know, things change though, day to day, hour to hour, minute to minute. I'm in the in the world of recruiting, so don't hold me to that. Had a chance to see Jeremy Scott this week, Callaway Jr. wideout. I know that they've liked him. You know, he's tall, six foot four. He's he's lanky at at the present moment, probably 175, 180. But physically, like that kid has it. Um, he moves well, he runs well for a guy that tall, he can get in and out of breaks. That all has to get better, has to get better um, because he's young. And when you are that tall, he's not going to run around like an Elijah Moore out there. But you can see what they like with him. We'll go up and get a ball. That kid looked good. Haven't seen Caleb Cunningham, but I talked to him this weekend. That's the uh, the 25 kid, wide out out of Choctaw County. He has a chance to be special. Now, I, I can't put that on him until I go see him in person, and I will. But you're talking about a guy that's 6'3-ish, probably 175, 180. And if you just look at his video, goes up and gets it as well as as anybody in the state, honestly, even with an Aiden Williams, and he's about as good as it gets. But he goes and gets balls. He can run. He's, he plays physical, you know, tries to play physical. He's not a physical player yet. He's too young. He's got to work on his body. But he tries to play physical. That's a good thing. You know, he'll put his nose in it. But uh, but I had a chance to talk to him, really polite kid. Had great things to say about his, his visit to Oxford this weekend. And I have not heard one way or the other where he's leaning, didn't ask him, didn't get into any of that. I haven't called around to find out. But uh, but I know that they just offered him and kind of joined that fray. Everybody will be on him. He has a chance. You know, still two more years to go, but he has a chance to be a big one. Uh, the other guys that I've seen, I had a chance to see email Picarello, the kid from St. Joe, another young one, just a 10th grader. He has a chance. You know, he's big, strong kid, good arm, good decisions, all of that. And they also have that 10th grade defensive lineman. I cannot remember that dude's name. Top of my head. I'm not going to Google it. Not doing that. But email has a chance. And look, 10th grade guys, I don't hate this, but I I see people say, oh, so-and-so, this guy, is he's, he's a no-doubter. 
that is very rare for a kid that age because from 10th grade to 11th grade, 12th grade, things, some kids really develop and some just don't as much. So I'd never put that on them for sure. The only kid I think I've seen, not the only kid, Jeffrey Simmons, you could, you could say that about, like he almost looked like SEC as a 10th grader. I saw him as a ninth grader. And I thought he was a senior. Asked the, their coach after the game, who was a good friend, who's that, uh, who's that other senior you have it in? He's like, oh, no, that's our ninth grader. That's craziness. Tony Connor was like that. Tony, as a 10th grader, was probably the best player at South Panola that was full of, of SEC players. But you could see him in the back, and I want, maybe as even as a freshman, he was close to their best player. Like, he was that kind of athlete. And I wish I wish Tony had been able to stay healthy and his knee hadn't hadn't happened because that guy was like in terms of high school football and prospects, like he's an all timer in our state. Just injuries got him. I hate that for him because he was always a nice kid from what little I remember about him or people around him. But man, that guy was good. Um, as far as other ones, I did have a chance to see Caleb Bryant. That's the defensive end, defensive lineman from Vicksburg. He's a good looking player. His issue with Ole Miss and not getting offered, and I don't really think they're recruiting him. His issue there is just the transfer portal and offers in-state are just hard to get. You know, they're probably on four to five kids right now, and that's going to be it for a little while. But if he has a big year, maybe they jump up and try to get involved there. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to speak straightforward on that, like Isaac Smith. You know, it's, I'm not going to go back and say, oh, yeah, they've been re recruiting Isaac Smith hard the whole – they've loved him the whole time. I, kids and coaches and players aren't that dumb. When they're not recruiting you hard because they're not sure about you, I mean, they know it. And usually that's verbalized to them. Like, hey, we're not – we want to see a little more. Some kids take that in a bad way, and that hurts you later if you need to come back on them, you make a mistake. And some kids, it doesn't bother them. It almost motivates them. And they understand. So th that happens. Caleb Bryant's that kind. Uh, but I, I, at this point, the players that they're in on out of state, I don't see them going back there, but you never know. I think you'll end up at state, and I like him personally. You know, I think that kid's a good player. But if you're paying attention to this team and the young guys they brought in, I can disagree with an evaluation on a kid, Mississippi kids. And uh, and say, hey, I think you got that wrong. And I've done that in the past. And sometimes I'm right. Sometimes they're right. But even if I disagree right now, it is hard to not pay attention to what they did with this freshman class and not be impressed with some of those evals. Like Quinshaw Junkins looks like a five-star. Davison Igbenosan, he looks like a five-star. I mean, Both of those kids do. I saw where, where Quinshaw was number two in the country for uh, pro football focus for running backs. And when you evaluate like that, you know, it's hard not to trust what they're doing. And I would err on that side if, I, if I'm if i you guys. Uh, I was trying to think. It seems like there was one more thing I wanted to mention. Marcel Reed, this is it. We're running a little bit long today. It'll be 21 minutes. I watched his video from early this year. And uh, his numbers are not good. Numbers are not there. If you go look at his, his numbers, three games, I guess, then he's barely above 50% completion percentage, hasn't thrown for a ton of yards or touchdowns. I think he's thrown for five touchdowns in three games. Most of his damage he's done on the ground. But if you watch that kid's video, first of all, he is a dynamic runner, like Matt Corral type runner, if not better. 
So you know you have that. It's not enough at the quarterback position. You can't just run it. But he has that, okay? So just check that box. But if you watch him throw the football, and again, this is me watching him early games this year, and I didn't I didn't check him out a ton, you know, years before this. He has a cannon of an arm, and he looks pretty good throwing it. It's just mechanically, just shoulder arm, just literally him throwing a football. His feet are messed up. You know, there's lots of bad habits there that any quarterback coach is going to tell you that he needs a lot of work. He needs a lot of work in those departments. But you can see that kid's arm. And when he moves around the pocket, when he rolls out, he has pretty good anticipation on throws. Um, Like I said, a lot of work needs to be done with him. But there is a ton of raw ability with that guy. The last throw he has on video is it goes for about 66 yards. So from watching his early stuff this year, yeah, I'm kind of I'm excited about him. It's hard to do the developmental thing right now with the way the portal has played out, but considering Lane Kiffin's track record, and if he did want to try to develop somebody rather than just constantly go get transfers, and look, let's say, let's assume, yeah, we don't have to assume this, whoever wins this job, if Jackson Dart wins the job or Luke Altmeyer wins it, you're looking at three years potentially of a quarterback. So you can develop somebody behind him. And considering that, yeah, I like a lot about that guy. Uh, they could have they could have hit a home run with him on down the road. It's not there right now. Um, he's really good on a high school level because he can take off and run it. And that's a good football team because his legs mainly, and he can throw it a country mile. But there's a lot to like with him. So we'll see what happens with him as he develops. But just my two cents from looking at some stuff with him over the weekend. There's a lot there with him. I like it. All right, guys, that's going to do it today. Sorry we ran long. I try to keep this 15 minutes and get get out of here. Just one of those days. Y'all enjoy the rest of your day. Get some work done. You're not going to do it tomorrow. Be productive today. Uh, but always appreciate you guys. This is Chris Brooks with the Rebels 247 podcast, part of the 247 Sports Network and Inside the Rebels. Appreciate y'all. Thanks, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow.